or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God, the Father, through him. This is the word of God. Good morning. Welcome to New Mercy Edgewater. My name is Wanjay Hudson, one of the pastors here. Well, see, we want to just extend a warm welcome, especially if you are visiting us or here for the first time. Uh, we are really excited to have you join us, worshiping our God this morning. It's our corporate worship, our community worship. Just to start this week, I know we had our elections, our country, um, whether regardless of how you voted, uh, we do pray as a community, as, as once again, as a people of God, that we continually really pray for our country, right? Pray for our elected leaders. I think it's very, very important. I know some of you guys, some of us, many people, I, I see my Facebook and stuff, are angry or grieving or just different perspective, different spectrum. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's okay, right? Taking time to kind of process. Uh, for me, um, you know, eight years ago when we had our first African-American president elected, I, it was crazy. It was amazing. Wow, you know, America, we finally, some change, some different. And this year, once again, we had a celebrity, basically, right? Donald Trump <laughs> elected president. That's crazy, too, in, in another sense. Um, in some sense, <laughs> this system of democracy that we have, it is working. Regardless, once again, regardless of your choices, preference, what you believe in, it's working. Meaning, just as we had our first African-American president, just as we, had a, we have a celebrity, we had an actor, Ronald Reagan in the past, that I also believe in this system, even in the future, possibly even my daughter can be elected president. Right? In the one sense, in one sense, I feel like, wow, it's not rigged, you know, it works. Um, but in a little bit more, I guess, yeah, serious tone, um, we, let's pray, let's continue to pray for and over our our nation, our country, uh, may the Lord continually uh, guide us, bless our hearts. So that's it. I don't want to go too far into it. Maybe in your small groups, in your family groups, I'm sure that I, I heard a lot of the groups are sharing and, and discussing this whole election this year. So let's just leave it at leave it there. Okay. So let's pray. Can we just pray one more time? Let's ask the Lord to speak to us today. Father, we come as your people. You are our king. You are our true king. Our God, our Lord, our Savior. Lord, we bend, Lord, our, our hearts, our will uh, 
before you, under you today. We pray that you give us the humility uh, to really hear, to listen, to come under your, your truth, your words today. We, we thank you, Father, for giving us this gospel community uh, where we can come as we are. We can strive to be a church for the broken, whether you are uh, in pain or hurting or coming from a place of brokenness or sin or, or whatever, God, Father, that you love us, you embrace us just as we are. And also you offer uh, to us uh, restoration and healing and, and Father, something, something greater in you. So we pray, we hope, we still hope, Father, in the awesome gospel, uh, the perfect peace that you only can offer, Father. So we long for that and we run towards that this morning. So we pray that you will anchor our hearts once again upon, upon who you are, upon your truth, Lord. all things in the name of your son. Amen. Amen. Past two weeks, we talked about uh, Christian living. So the sermon series that we're going through is called Christian Living. And I had an opportunity to give the sermon series for three weeks. Today is our last, uh, last one. First Sunday, first week, we talked about a foundational uh, themes regarding what does it mean for the people of God, for Christians, To live life effectively. Uh, what does doing life well mean? Uh, so we looked at the topic of fearing God, right? Which we feel like we see it throughout the Old Testament and in the New. Underlying theme of doing life well. Doing life effective. Proverbs talks about it is the fear of the Lord. That is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, right? So we cover this theme. And this fearing God is not terror, but it's, it's respecting. It's acknowledging God first and foremost in all things. Uh, it's, it's, you know, in the old, old ways, people say, oh, he is a fear of God, right? That family fears the Lord. Meaning that family or that person, he or she, places God first and foremost. And scripture teaches us that is something that can unlock a wise, effective life. So we looked at that. Last week, we talked about decision-making, right? Um, choices, decisions, and will of God. I'm not going to go into all the details. I think sermon is online. You can listen to it. But once again, key there, key there is to allowing the gospel to really speak uh, and giving us, giving us place to wrestle and to make wise choices, choices in the Lord. Today, uh, as a last theme in, under this Christian living theme, we're going to talk about living with people, living with people, relationships, right? So for me, once again, life is two big things. One is making choices, decision making, everything, where to live, what to do, what, you know, where to go, what to eat, choices, decisions. The other side of, of life is relationships, living with people, and it's difficult because people are painful at times. Red, regardless, whether whatever your personality is, right, you know, Myers-Briggs, I don't know, whatever, INFJ, ABCD, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, however, no matter how introverted you are, right, we cannot, we cannot escape uh, living in relationship. We need people, right? We come from somewhere. You know, people are part of us. Right? That's how God designed the, the universe, right? Uh, I remember um, this young uh, college graduate, right, Grad finishing a master's in education, you know, being a teacher. She came up to me and she's like, Pastor Wonjay, Pastor Hudson, I love teaching. I love teaching. It's my passion. But I can't stand my students. I would be an amazing teacher if I didn't have any kids. Right? I was like, okay. 
Uh, it's like that, you know, that husband, you know, I, I think I know what it means to be an amazing father. I watch Friday Night Lights, and you know, that, that coach, what's his name, Coach Taylor, I, that's the model is to be a good father. Until I had kids, kids are evil, painful, uh, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, it's about connecting in real life. It's about living with uh, people and being in relationship. That's why uh, passages like today, right? We heard stuff like this many, many times. Passage like today, you know, you know put on you know, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. Most of all, love. Sounds like the typical Christian message regarding relationship with people. Cover people. Have compassion. Be humble. Love. Forgive. And I know maybe perhaps some of you guys are sitting there thinking, already tuning out. I heard this. It's painful. But let me kind of, maybe as a side kind of note, I want to kind of share maybe two things regarding Scripture, regarding the Bible. Right? Nothing to do with sermon, perhaps, but just two things. Why must we listen? Okay? Why is scriptural truth and gaining scripture truth or keeping scripture truth or hearing uh, or you trying to apply scripture truth is important, right? Scripture, why is the Bible important? Number one, applying the Bible, op- applying scripture is important because, number first and foremost, scripture says it is good for you. It's good for you. It's not just God just telling you, hey, I'm God, so do this, forgive, love, compassion. Right? Sometimes we read the Bible and like, oh, I have to, God. But I think we forget so quickly that God loves us, meaning that follow this because it is beneficial for you. People of God, once again, Christians, absolutely, I think this is a must. We have to be convicted. We have to believe in this. A scriptural teaching, this is actually good for us. It's not just a rule, something you must follow or else you go to hell. No. God's saying this. God's showing this, giving us the truth because at the end of the day, first and foremost, it's beneficial. It's good for us. He loves us. He's a loving father who's telling us, teaching us, this is good for you. Obey me. See what happens. Right? That's an example. Deuteronomy 12, 28. I think we don't have this. Be careful to obey all these regulations I am giving you so that it may always go well with you and your children after you because you will be doing what is good and right in the eyes of the Lord your God. That's in the Old Testament. The teachings is not just a powerful you know, king or authority figure just telling you what to do, but try it, do it, apply it, hear it, listen, grab onto it, cherish it because this is beneficial. Okay, I think that's the first and foremost, right? Just, let's see, just kind of foundational things, side note. Number two, the okay, second thing I was thinking about is, why must we, why should we? Because not only it's good for us, because this is also how we love God. Obeying scripture, the teachings as we apply it, as we live it, not only it's good for us, but scripture teaches us when we obey and follow, hear the word, and apply it, this is also how we love God. How do you love God? Ah, I, lo- I love God. Worship. Right? Is loving God? Yeah, some parts. True. But scripture teaches us what? John 14, 23. Jesus replied, 
anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Over and over throughout Scripture, those who love me obeyed me, obeyed me. Right? So biblically, why passages like this? So difficult, right? So difficult. Oh, forgive, love, compassion. But why must we, right, hear and listen and, and allow the truth to speak? Because also it is a way that we love our Lord. The word of God, as we obey, as we follow, uh, that's how we actually, we're worshiping God, by applying the word. Right? So those are two, I think, basic, very important foundational convictions that we must carry as people of God. I think it's, it affects every part of your life, everything that we do. If you don't believe in these two things, that somehow it's beneficial for us, that you know, it's good for you, it, it helps us, it's truth. And second thing is that somehow this is also worship. It's, it's loving God. Sometimes we don't want to, but because I love Jesus, I will. Right? So those are two foundational things about Scripture, application of Scripture. So let's just go right into this. So today what I want to do is I want to say the same thing as last week. I want to give us maybe three theological thinking points, very basic foundational stuff regarding people, regarding uh, being in relationships, you know, people, uh, living with people, living with human beings. Um, why must we? Why must we go apply passages like Colossians 3 today? Uh, why? Why must we love people, compassion? Why? Right? So three theological uh, foundational points. Then hopefully at the end we'll cover some, maybe, I don't know, quick applications and stuff, and we'll close today. Okay? So number one, uh, as, we think about thinking, as we think about people, what does the Bible say? Number one. Every human being, every human being uh, bears the image of God. Okay? Every person, every human being bears the image of God. I go to CVS. I love CVS. Okay? I'm a CVS holic, whatever. I go like once a week at least. I don't know. Sometimes I come my way home and I find myself parking at CVS. I'm like, what's going on? Right? I walk in. I just walk around. Um, you know, I go to you know, hunt for sale items and, and stuff like that. I get coupons and I have the app and stuff. Anyways, I go to CVS and... I love CVS, but it's sometimes painful because sometimes I, I'm just completely vulnerable, open to people who work at CVS. They suck. I don't know where they grab these people, but I'm just like painful. I'm like in a hurry, and I just don't want my sales item. I just want my whatever. Just leave. I'm like, I'm taking forever. I'm like, no. Just like, gosh, come on. Right. I'm there, and every, every day, every time I go to CVS, God help me. Help me not to sin today. The scripture teaches us even those people, even people at CVS, even people who are the most challenging people in your life, first and foremost, scripture teaches that they bear, they bear the image of God. Genesis 1, 26, 27. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea. And the birds in the sky, over the livestock, and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Right? Image here, scripture it talks about image or shadow of God or the likeness of God. Right? That somehow we are a, like, almost like a snapshot of God. There's something about God 
God-likeness, God-like characters uh, that really is present in every human being. Very humbling. Uh, which means, once again, people that we cannot get along. Some of us, it's, it's our family members, right? My husband, my wife, my children, my, my parents, in-laws, I don't know. Coworkers, bosses. Every human being bears images. I mean, which means each person has worth, has, has, has value, has, has something of God imprinted upon, upon every person. So which implications of this? One is that also which means we're all equal. Right? Today's today scripture, uh, bringing this, tying this into the gospel in Jesus Christ, uh, Paul writes to the Colossians, here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised or barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all, right? You know, all in all. Meaning, taking this, this, we're creating the image of God further in the gospel, coming full circle, it means that whether you're rich or poor or, or different, whatever racial, ethnic, you know, whatever, whatever background, family background, it doesn't matter. We're, we're, we're the same, we're equal. There's inherent equal value, worth, worthiness uh, before the Lord. Right? It's hard to sometimes, we, we forget this, even as people of God. Even as people who has a genesis as our, our foundation, it's hard to forget, right? But God created each human being, every person, uh, bears the image of God. It's very, very important starting point. Okay, so very foundational, but I think a good reminder for us all as we, as we talk about this theme, right? People, human beings. Okay, number two, not only we are created in God's image, we carry this, this inherent uh, worth, worth and value, but we, every human being, is also, what, loved by God. Basic Sunday school stuff, right? Say that to your neighbor. Every human being is also loved by God. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. First John 4, it is not that we love God first, but God loves us first. Right? I mean, the theme of the Bible is basically, at the end of the day, that's what it is. I love you. And not just you, but... I love every, I love, I love this world. Every single person is loved by God, right? When I was in high school, I played a little tennis, um, actually pretty seriously for, for a bit. And I have, even now, I have maybe about like 10 or 11 tennis rackets, right? Some are really old and, you know, you play for a few years and you're like, oh, I, I'm not get improving because it's the racket. So you get another racket and you're like, it's the same thing, but that's why I need another racket. So I have like 11 rackets. Um, all tennis rackets, but I have this one racket, um, um, Prince Graphite, oversized, perfect, just four and three-eighth grip, perfect tension, 60 pounds, with synthetic dot on it, special. Uh, it's a racket, actually, uh, my wife, Lisa, when we were dating, um, she bought it for me. This is a racket, I don't know if any of you play tennis, or like, remember the 90s, but there was a tennis player called Michael Chang. Asian-Americans, you guys remember? Michael Chang, he was the youngest, at the time, youngest player. I think he was like 17 or 16 and a half to win the Grand Slam, right? He won French Open. And Michael Chang was like, my God, oh, my God, Michael Chang. So his racket, this Prince Raphael, and uh, Lisa, when we're dating, she, she just surprised me one, one, I think it was birthday or something. And she's like, oh, I was like, oh, you do love me, you know, like. So that, 
that racket, right, that racket, out of all my 11 or 10 other tennis rackets, that racket is it's, it's special. All the rackets I could play tennis with, right, it has inherent value. Same thing with a tennis racket. Functionality wise, I could play tennis with all of them, but that racket is special. Right? So scripture, when it teaches us that not only God, that we're built in the image of God, but when God goes the next step and say, I actually love you, not only I just created you, but I actually love you. He's saying that we are like that tennis racket, that I have affection. God has affection. For each, every, each and every human being. Even people at CBS. It's hard. I mean, I say it's hard. Right? But once again, people of God, for the, for the Christian, these are biblical truths that we have to always remind ourselves and be aware of. That people who are next to us, even sitting in the subway, you know, like in, a, in a long commute ride home, after a tough day, somehow God, each and every person, imprinted his image upon these people. And somehow God loves them. Okay, that's number, just, just foundational truth, sticking point about living with people and relationship. And three, third one, is we're also connected, somehow connected uh, in the Lord. Uh, today, verse 15, Paul writes, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, since as members of one body, you are called to peace. He's talking here specifically to Christians, yes. But I think there is a general also truth here, somehow, that we are, in a, in a, in a, in a grand, mysterious way, we are also we're connected. Right? I mean, we come from Adam and Eve, Genesis teaches us, uh, but especially in the church, Scripture says we are we're the body of Christ. We are, we're a family of God. We're connected. Very important. Romans 12, 4 and 5 says, just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. That somehow we're connected. We're part of the same thing. Right? We're part of the same thing. Especially, I think, for in the Christian context, in the church context, right? We have people come, different walks of life, different stages of life, uh, social, economically, I don't know, culturally, racially, people come into the church. And sometimes I think, especially there are times when within the church, within the church community, we have challenges, we have difficulties. And we fast forward, we see a lot of churches splitting. I mean, I've, I've seen some nastiest, ugliest, like just fighting and splitting that took place within, within church context. It's crazy. The scripture teaches us you're one. When you're, when you're attacking your brother or sister in the church, especially, you're actually hurting yourself. You're chopping off your own hand, saying that I don't need you. That's, that's, the, that's, the, uh, that's, the, that's the punch here. Um, I remember in college when uh, I went to school up in Boston, uh, Chestnut Hill, and first year I remember going into on, on the campus and we're, we had our some gathering, I forget what it was, it was some club, and looking around the room, we're meeting these people for the first time, and I mean, you, you see a couple of people, you're like, oh my gosh, these guys, these are like thugs, or like, they look like some 
I don't know, meatheads or something. Just they didn't look like they fit, right? Because you know, some of them you think, oh, they look good, whatever, it's cool. And I remember this one brother. I guess he was feeling this the tension of the like how is he going to be long or thing. You know, it's funny how uh, you guys all kind of make fun of me or whatever, but at the end of the day, we ended up at the same place. <laughs> we ended up at the same place. I don't care what you got in your SATs or whatever, but it's, hey, guess what? We ended up at the same place. Uh, and I remember thinking, wow, it's so true. <laughs> um, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that, right? Uh, sometimes we think we're better or different or, or whatnot. But scripture teaches us that you are a person of God. You're human. You're, you're created being. God has a purpose. God created. God imp- implanted, imprinted, and valued and loved everyone differently. And we're in it uh, together. Okay? So I think those are three thinking points just to kind of get, get us started here. Okay? So applications. I'm going to go through this pretty quick. It's going to be quick, you know, not a long sermon today. So we'll do this and we'll close. So number one, it is the gospel Okay, as we kind of think about this and uh, apply this, it is the gospel that will give us space to love others. It is the gospel that gives us space to love others. Paul here today reminds us again to the church of Colossians, therefore, as God's chosen people. All right? Verse 12, therefore, as God's chosen people. Verse 15 again, let the peace of Jesus Christ. Verse 16, again, let the words of Jesus Christ, reminding us over and over again. So the people of God, for us, the starting point, as we think about dealing with people and living in in relationships, whether it's husband and wife, children, family, dealing with work, co-workers, outside people, people at CVS. People of God, once again, starting point is the gospel. And it's the gospel that's going to give us the space for us to be able to love and to have compassion and to heal, forgive, forgive, and cover. You know, for me, I've been, you know, Lisa and I, we've been married for 17 years. And, you know, your marriages, you know, up and down, and they're definitely amazing times, but also times when I'm just going to, I don't want to use the word kill, but I want to hurt her, you know, just being honest. Hang on, I'm a human being, I'm sinful. Okay? There are times. But one thing I noticed, one thing I noticed. The, the issue, whatever the issue is, the issue that I had the most challenging or difficulty in, in, in my relationship with Lisa, um, that same issue, I noticed that as the years have gone by, somehow I now manage it better. Okay? And what it is, is it's really, for me, honestly, it's, 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 it's the gospel. So, when I am, when I see myself, when I feel myself growing in the gospel, the same issue that used to irk me and like, ah, just made me go rage and crazy five years ago, the same thing, whatever, let's just say take out the garbage, whatever it is, same thing. As I'm growing the gospel, now the same thing, same thing, take out the garbage, because in the gospel now I have more rest and more space, I can take it. It used to bother me directly. But now I'm growing the gospel. I, as I'm growing in this, okay, I could handle it a little bit better. So which, which means, which means for the people of God, for Christians, 
your, the best thing that you can do, the best thing that you can do relationally, whether as husband, wife, father, mother, parent, whatever, is to go spiritually. You know, when I do premarital counseling a couple of times, I, I often say, don't strive to love your spouse directly first. That's not your first thing. But strive to love God. When you strive to love God and you're growing in the Lord, like that's what I'm talking about. When that gospel space is growing in you personally, then you're going to find yourself being able to love your spouse. A lot of us, I think, we have issues relationally. We have difficulties. We, we get hit directly. Why? Because that, that, that space is not being created in the gospel. For the Christian, there's nothing else. It's going back to the gospel. It's going back to Jesus Christ. God, it's so hard. Raising children, parents, dealing with parenting, fathering, whatever. It's so hard. People are so hard. God, help me when I go to CVS. It's, it's growing the gospel. When there is, there is stability for me and the Lord first, and that, that gospel space is growing, then now you are ready to, be, to become a better husband. And now you're ready to become a better wife. Or you will find yourself automatically, you, have be you became a better husband. You know what I'm talking about? It's not we direct, of course there are things, you know, we, we practically need to intentionally. But for me at least, what I've learned over the years, relationships, is that. Same thing with my parents. I grew up, great family, no issues growing up. Then uh, when I got older, actually right after uh, seminary, because this is later on, my parents uh, separated. Okay, so when that happened, it was a shock to my system because all my memories growing up, it was, it was pretty healthy, pretty good, no issues at home. At the home. But then later on, I mean, my parents were like almost like I don't know, close to like sixty or something. All of a sudden, I get a phone call. Oh, we're not doing well. Then kind of this this thing led to whatever, and they ended up getting separated, uh, and brought shock to my system. And ever since that point, you know, of course, I'm, I'm praying for my parents even now. They're a lot better. They're, they're actually kind of, uh, God's working, been working for the past, whatever, 12, 13 years. But um, it's been amazing. But when that first happened, I couldn't take it, honestly. Forget this whole Christian thing, forgiveness, loving, covering. <laughs> what the heck is wrong with you guys? But then, with that issue, as I allowed, Lord, allow me to be anchored in the gospel. And let me, let me really grow in the gospel and have space. And as this circle got bigger and bigger, even that issue, relationship with my mom, my dad, same thing. Same thing. It's still same thing. But I could take it. I could handle it. it, it you know, more days I could handle it. Right? As growing so I think, I think the first thing. So that's the second thing that leads into it, right? So the key is the gospel, that we are broken, totally lost. We cannot handle things on our own. Go back to Jesus. You have a hard time with your children. I'm not just saying this because I have four children, so I know, okay? Go back to the Lord. Allow the Lord. God, help me. Just 
just allow, invite the Lord into your issue, into, your, into, that, into that space. God, help me. I want to be a good father. I can't connect with my kids, God. Help me. I want to I forgive my, my sister. I can't do it, God. It hurts. I'm angry. Lord, help me. Just, just, say, say, just because of what Jesus Christ has done, as God chosen people, right? Do, you know, we can grow in that. Third, practically, another thing I learned is at the end of the day, again, people directly, people are, people are not your issue. Remember the dog whisperer? Some of you guys remember that show? Caesar Milan, I mean, it's kind of old now. Dog whisperer, this guy, like, amazing, this, right? Guy goes into people's homes, and there's some psychotic dogs. They're ah, going crazy, dogs. And Caesar Milan, this dog trainer, basically, he walks into the house, and he just observes them. First, like, 20 minutes, just looks. And the, 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 the owners, they try to, like, do all these crazy things to, to settle their dogs and train their dogs. It doesn't work. And Caesar Milan just observes for a while. Then finally, the last, what, 10, 15 minutes, he comes in and he has a sit, sit down with the, with the dog owner. Every episode, every episode, first thing he goes, dog's not the issue, it's you. Right, remember that? It's not the dog. It's not the dog, it's the owner. It's your presence, it's the way you carry yourself, it's your energy, you know, it's, it's you. What you are doing is directly affecting your dog. I think... Human relationship, people relationship. Uh, I think, you know, once again, premarital counseling, we teach you know, your husband is not your enemy. Your wife is not your enemy. It's not the people directly that's the issue. You're not fighting against them directly. Once again, we're all connected somehow. It's, it's, you know, it's, so, once again, I think that's very important. Ephesians talks about this, right? We're not fighting against flesh and blood. But they're a real enemy. Uh, then def definitely there's, um, in this fallen world, there are a lot of other, other things that's going on. <coughs> so I want to kind of end today with this. When I was reading this passage, what convicted me in terms of people and relationships uh, is this. All the stuff that here, Colossians 3, 12, you know, 11 to whatever today's passage is listing. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has grievance against one another, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in the perfect unity. As I'm reading this, I was so convicted because... Christ, Jesus asks us to do this. Why? Because this is what Jesus has done for us. Right? As, I, as, I, as I was like reading this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is Jesus. He's telling me, you know, I first put on compassion. I first put on kindness. I first put on humility and gentleness and patience over your life. I first forgave you. I first loved you. That's why as the people of God, you know, yes, it is difficult. But once again, come back to the gospel. I have done this for you, over you. And I went to the cross for you, ultimately. 
so that you can, you look to me and find the strength, create that space, just as Christ has done this for me, that you can, you can begin to be anchored and to forgive. You know, for, for the people of God, I feel like forgiveness is difficult, but at the end of the day, forgiveness is giving people another chance. Right? You know, remember the passage Peter asked, how many times should I forgive? Seven times. And Jesus is like, no, 70 times seven. I mean, even seven times, think about it, seven times, that's hard. I hate you, Hudson. Okay, I forgive you. I hate you. I hate you. Seven times. Seven times even is difficult, but Scripture is saying, no, the, the tone of gospel relationship is, is because of what I have done, again, Give people opportunities and chances, second chances, just like I have given that to you. So, so with that, I, can we can we pray? Can we just just bow down before the Lord and let's let's you know today I want to also take some time to pray for our uh, relationships in our lives. I don't know which difficulties that that you have. Um, some of us, it's maybe with our parents. I don't know. Even still now. Uh, our parents, our father, our mother. Uh, some of us is with our spouses, our husbands and wives. Uh, but this is important, right? This is very important. Uh, so let's ask the Lord.